All right, all you future podcasters out there, let me tell you about something you need to be aware of. I've been looking for different platforms to put my podcast into, and it's kind of confusing. There's a lot out there, a lot of them that charge you, but I found something that you need to hear. There's a platform called Anchor. Now, you need to understand, this one is free. There's no monthly fees, no yearly fees, no fees of any sort, no sign-up fees. It is free. Now, the best thing about it is that it's free and it comes with so many different tools. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, then one of the other neatest things is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. All you do is upload your podcast. Anchor handles all the rest. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. First podcast you put up, you can start making money. Now, it's everything you need to have in one place to make a podcast. So, pay attention to this part. It's very important. Go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M or download the free Anchor app to get started. Well, good morning. It's uh, good to be with everybody again this morning as we continue our online Sunday School lessons. Um, Going through the series in John, which we have been for some time, and we're going to continue going through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, so as to get the full counsel of what God has for us. We're excited this morning. Uh, we get to go and uh, restart our church services. A little bit amended, but uh, we're excited about that. There may be those that aren't at, unable to be with us, um, which we're encouraging still. If you're within that uh, risk category, um, over 65 have other conditions we're still encouraging you to be able to um, utilize our online platforms and our, our live streams that we're going to continue um, so as to make it easier for those that you know we don't want somebody to have to put themselves into a position where they feel like they're going to be uh, possibly catch something and we're going to be uh, very understanding in that regard and we will miss not seeing you but uh, we do look forward to the time when uh, it's this is just one step closer to getting back to what I was gonna say normal but I think we're getting back to what we were used to because I think we're gonna see a new normal we're gonna see some things that have come out of this time like these online lessons that we Originally did kind of as a uh, service just to kind of continue in the Word, uh, continue our lessons, but uh, we're seeing some folks that uh, take advantage of this that are unable to get to church. By no means do we want these lessons or our live stream services to be a substitute for your attending a good Bible-believing local church. The uh, Bible's very clear on this. Uh, you should 
find a good local church and you should fellowship with a local church. You should be a part of a local Bible-believing church. We also recognize, though, there are some that just can't, uh, whether it be for medical reasons or a variety of other reasons. And we have found that by putting these lessons or having these lessons available online that uh, they have been able to be accessed by people that just can't go to church. And uh, for that reason, we're going to attempt to continue them. Um, I will attempt to try to record these a little ahead of time. And as we get back to normal, we'll, we'll release them uh, about normal Sunday school time. Um, I debated live streaming directly from the classroom. I'm not going to do that. Uh, the ones that attend our local Central Baptist Church Sunday School class will um, not have to uh, have that um, recorder in the background going. So we're going to pre-record a session and then we'll teach live at Central Baptist as well. But we're excited about it. I'm excited to see how God's been working in relation to these online video uh, classes. I pray that you get a blessing from it. Today we're going to continue in our trek through John, continuing in chapter 6. We have this ongoing dialogue we've seen for some time with Christ and, and these uh, multitudes, these Jews, as we're going to see them referred to in these verses. And we're going to look at today, uh, beginning in verse 41 of chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to um, have it open. Uh, we teach from the King James Version, so if you have that ava available to you, uh, just open it up to Jane, John, John chapter 6, verse 41, and we're going to read through verse 51. Again, John chapter 6, verse 41 through 51. Verse 41 says, The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which come down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. 
Last week we specifically talked about the benefits to the Christian. What is the benefits to the Christian in, return, in, in relation to your eternal security? In relation to once you have this bread of life, once you believe in who Jesus is, where he came from, what he can offer you, what are the benefits of that? We went so far as to say, you know, if you're an unbeliever, well, these things really don't apply to you. But today we're going to talk about, okay, if you listened last week and you're an unbeliever, how do you get that? How do you get those benefits that we talked about last week? So we're going to break down today in these verses how one comes to know Jesus personally. We see first, as kind of some further context laid out for us, in verses 41 through 43, they, uh, these, uh, this group, these, uh, this multitude, these Jews, these religionists, they start rebelling against the claims of Jesus. Verse 43 says, Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not against yourselves. This word murmur we've seen before, if you're familiar with Scripture. It's the same word used in the Old Testament for the murmuring of the children of Israel as they wandered through the uh, wilderness after being uh, released from slavery in Egypt. It wasn't good enough that they were just uh, free, they, they were uh, looking for their homeland. They were being led by Moses. They had come across the, uh, the sea and they'd seen the sea parted and were able to walk on dry land in the midst of the sea. They witnessed these incredible miracles. They witnessed their enemies being destroyed. It wasn't enough for them and they began to murmur. They began to murmur about such things as food, water, shelter. So what's this word murmur really mean? Murmuring, this uh, it's a discontent that arises from a crowd that is upset and confused. They're confused. They don't necessarily know the end game. I often deal with people that uh, we like to think that this is a current kind of generational thing today. We like to describe the different generations, X, Y, um, millennials, all of this, and we attribute kind of characteristics to each one. The millennial generation that we see so much in the workforce today, we in, in, in leadership, and you hear this quite often, they, they bring so much to the table, but they want to know the why. They want to know, okay, if you're going to give me this task, what's the end game? What am I shooting for? And we think this is a new kind of uh, phenomenon. Well, it's not. Um, really, this is the same type of phenomenon that the, that the Jews had during this time. They were murmuring at what was going on. They, they, okay, we hear that you say you're from heaven. 
but uh, we know otherwise. We've seen otherwise. We know Joseph. We know Mary. We've seen you grow up with them as your physical parents. We know you're from Nazareth. And remember, earlier on in, in John's Gospel, uh, what was said about Nazareth? No good thing can come from Nazareth. So Nazareth's reputation um, was not the best. So this group, these religionists, they knew all this stuff about Jesus, or they thought they did, didn't they? They knew where he'd grown up. They'd watched him grow up. And now he's telling them that he's from heaven? It ain't making sense to them. And because in their head it's not making logical sense, they begin to rebel against him as opposed to what's the other option to kind of go, wait a second, yes, we know him. Yes, we know Joseph. Yes, we know Mary. Yes, we've watched him grow up. But who can do the things that he does other than, as Nicodemus said, God be with him? Who could do these miracles that we've witnessed other than actually God himself? He talks as if um, he has the authority to do so, which he does. He talks differently than the Pharisee teachers that, that they're hearing. So they should be able to kind of not necessarily take a brain logic but an emotional logic into it and be able to reconcile what they're hearing. But they don't. They were This group, these Jews, were so fixed on his origin where they had seen him come from that they lost sight of who he was and what his mission was. His mission was to feed and nourish people spiritually. That is to save and to give life. We've talked about this in prior lessons. Jesus being one of the three parts of the triune God who has always been present, always will be present, was here at creation. He gave life at creation. So he comes to us dwells in the flesh and can give us life spiritually give us eternal life he has that power in him all we have to do is be nourished by what he offers us Jesus appealed and pled to this crowd to stop murmuring he's like Please listen to me. You're missing the point. I love you. I care for you. I long for you to be able to listen to what I'm telling you. I long for you to be able to listen to the truth. And as long as they continued murmuring, as long as they continued to compl complain, you're going to never be willing to listen to the truth. Psalm 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. What a great, important lesson. We could park right here and spend the rest of the time just right here, I believe. Sometimes um, we talk too much, don't we? Uh, what's the old adage? God gave us one mouth, two ears. You should listen twice as much as you speak. We've all been guilty of it as well as I. We talk too much instead of listening. We ask questions. We seek clarification. All in an effort to try and wrap our heads around certain concepts. When in reality, truth is truth. Whether we ask continued questions, whether we understand the full concept, meh, not as important than just believing in the truth. When you have somebody of, a, of, a, of an authority teach you something, tell you something that is basic truth, basic doctrine, I may not be able to understand it to the point that I can go explain it to somebody else. That can come later. And asking questions is different than questioning, as Pastor often says. If you have a questioning spirit, and these Jews here had a questioning spirit, their questions weren't asked in an effort to reconcile what they had seen. No, their questions were coming in a questioning spirit as if to say, you're not who you say you are. Be still. Quit talking. And listen to that still, small voice. The voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart that will direct you to the right path. Verses 44 through 46 say this. This is Jesus talking. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God hath seen the Father. Now God here wants believers to take heart, for he has assured their salvation. Every step, Every piece of you being able to partake of your salvation and have everlasting life with God has been taken care of. Rest assured, all you have to do is accept Jesus. Accept that bread of life. Believe in that bread of life. And I've said this in uh, many other lessons, that belief is not only a head belief, it's a heart belief, but it's a belief in such a way that it changes your life. You were going one direction and now you're turning and going another. 
you've repented of your old self and you are now a new person heading toward another direction heading toward eternal life in heaven with God now a person who comes to Christ is a person who has been drawn by Christ notice very clearly verse 44 no man can come to me except the father which hath sent me draw him and I love this word draw here when I was doing my studies I you kind of read over unfortunately scripture sometimes and you miss some of the some of the, what the Bible's trying to tell us this this drawn this isn't a person acting on their own will coming to Christ by his own effort on his own energy not by his own words whether mental or physical this has nothing to do with the self a man is a dead spirit he can't do anything spiritually just as a dead body can do nothing physically so this God drawing him to Christ is a great imagery this draw this drawn pictures this pulling against resistance it's in our sin nature to resist spiritual things pre-salvation and God pulls on you we all have that testimony even myself as a, as a young child when I was saved I can remember that tugging at my heart as I sat in uh, specifically children's church and went through bus ministries here in town at Northeast Baptist I can remember that tugging at my heart that would not go away that said to me I'm a sinner and I needed to repent believe in God believe in Christ and that tugging wouldn't go away even as a young child I resisted it but that tugging doesn't go away and if you like we talked about before you be still and listen to what God has for you and then just not necessarily that we have to take an active step forward we just need to give up our resistance because if you're being drawn and you give up your resistance you'll be pulled in the right direction all you have to do is rely on God to get you there rely on that drawing rely on his effort and that's all we have to do how does God draw men? This is very clearly stated here in verse 45. It is written in the prophets, And they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh through me. So how is a man drawn? Well, he's drawn when he, as I've taught in previous lessons, all he has to do is come and see. And that how Christ... Uh, pulled in how he drew in some of his disciples how he drew in some of his apostles was 
somebody going to them and saying, I found the Messiah. And then the next word out of their mouths were just, come and see. Come and see for yourself. I can tell you everything that he's told me. I can tell you everything that I've witnessed him do. But it would not do it justice. You need to just come and see. Accept that drawing from God and just come and see. And then give up that resistance. He's drawn in by teaching. Men get drawn in by teaching. It may be a lesson like this, that there's a particular point to one of the lessons that just pricks your heart a little bit. And in prayer time and in reflection time and you open up your Bible and you, you check to see some of what we're saying and make sure that it matches what Scripture says. Don't just take it for um, uh, truth because I said it. No, I'm just a man and I'm fallible. Take it for truth and validate what you hear through Scripture. And you do those things and then you just give up the resistance. You feel that pulling in your heart from the Holy Spirit. And you just give up your resistance and then get drawn in. Maybe you hear it through the voice of a preacher. We've been very uh, fortunate during this quarantine time that our church staff has continued to put out not only Sunday morning, Sunday evening, but Wednesday night messages. You have three opportunities during the week to hear true Bible preaching through men who know how to rightly divide the Word of God and give us the truth of Scripture three times a week. And if you listen to this lesson, you have yet another opportunity. There's a lot out there that you can um, partake in to be able to have an opportunity to hear teachings from Scripture and from God's Word. I caution you to be careful in that. There's some teachers out there that are just teaching um, wrong doctrine, frankly. And we need to be careful what we allow to come in. Especially as a non-believer or a new believer who has yet to kind of understand uh, when they hear something, whether it's right or not. But I encourage, if you're watching or listening to any preaching or teaching coming out of Central Baptist Church, I believe we have some of the best teaching and the best preaching available. And I believe you're in a, in a safe place to be able to hear Bible truth, Bible doctrine, uh, if you just partake of what we have to offer. And there's other churches out there as well that do a wonderful job in that. We can have that drawing pulling us toward God by just observing His creation. Have you ever been outside? Uh, Cindy and I were taking the opportunity last night and even this morning a little bit out on our back patio and just looking around. It's, it's just uh, kind of a, a beautiful time. We're in that spring, uh, summer time. Uh, temperatures are still palatable. It's nice to be able to sit outside. 
smell the clean breeze, hear the birds chirp, and, and listen and soak in God's creation. If you allow, you can have that observation affect you spiritually and draw you toward Him. You can have that Holy Spirit pulling at your heart and drawing you in just through reading Scripture. I encourage you every day to get in God's Word and read Scripture. If you have not read through the Bible, do so. And then once you're finished, do it again. Read Scripture. Let God speak to you through His own words. And there's many other methods that you can do to be able to take an opportunity to um, hear from God and have that opportunity to kind of uh, prayerfully contemplate what's being said and around us so as you can see God work so as you can have that opportunity to the Holy Spirit pulling at your heart drawing you to Him the Holy Spirit quickens the gospel to a man's mind so that he sees as never before he sees, understands, grasps as never before, quote, that the Father hath sent Christ. Ephesians 2.1 tells us this, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. This is specifically talking about a believer. You have been quickened, who were dead who were unsaved, now you have the ability to be able to um, rightly divide Scripture, rightly understand what God has for us through uh, His accounts and parables and stories in Scripture and what doctrinally it's trying to teach you. Ephesians 4.22-23 That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and he renewed in the spirit of your and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The Holy Spirit convicts a man of sin of righteousness and of judgment. That is the need to be fed and nourished. The need to be saved and given life. The Holy Spirit draws at your heart and convicts you of your need to be repentant of your sins, to be forgiven of your sins, your need to obtain righteousness, your understanding that your sin deserves eternal judgment and separation from God. And determines that you need to be fed and nourished. That is, you need to be saved and given life by going to Christ. The Holy Spirit attracts men to the cross of Christ through its wonderful provisions. We definitely see this. The Holy Spirit stirs a man to respond by coming to Christ. We have this drawing, and now we just kind of give up the resistance, and we... Respond by coming to Christ through giving up that resistance. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Come unto me all. Isaiah 30, 21. And thine eyes, excuse me, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee. Isn't that true? You feel that tugging at the Holy Spirit and you and you sense, I need to, I, I got to give up. Give up my resistance. You, 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 it's, it's not an audible, audible voice, but you know what you need to do. You know which way you need to go. Just give up the resistance. Be drawn to Christ. So what is man's part in, in salvation? Man must hear the voice of God when God draws. Go back to what we said originally. Be still and listen to God. Be quiet. Be still and listen to what God's telling you to do. When that pull, tug, or movement of God's Spirit is felt, man must listen to that conviction. Listen to that conviction. You may put it off and say, you know what, I'm just not ready. I'll do it another time. Next week. How about next month? I got some trips planned and I want to I want to uh, partake. Uh, you know a couple of years from now maybe I will. We none of us know how much time we have left here. None of us know how long God will continue to draw us. There comes a time when when God cuts off that. When after a time he may tone down that that pulling of your heart. Because the more you resist, the more hardened your heart becomes. And then you, you risk losing out entirely. Man must learn of God. And we talked about some of the ways you can learn of God. He can learn of God through Christ, through reading God's Word, through listening to teaching, through listening to preaching about Christ. You can learn about God. And man must come to Christ. He must yield to the drawing powers of God. Notice again, he says man must yield. He must give up resistance. And then allow God to pull you in. Allow God to work as he see fits on, sees fit. Verses 47 through 51. Christ says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Verse 48. I am the bread, that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. And a man may eat thereof and may die. I am the living bread. Which came down from heaven, if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And that bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. A person must believe four things. A person must believe that Christ is that bread of life. That bread that feeds and nourishes man spiritually. 
again, that saves and gives life. You must believe that Christ is that person. That he came as that eternal, uh, as that God-man to be able to offer you everlasting life. All you have to do is believe that he can offer that to you. Note how straightforward his claim is in verse 47 and 48. Verily, verily, saying, listen up. I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. And then in verse 48, he says, I am that bread of life. A man must believe that Christ is out of heaven, that he came from heaven, and that he came to deliver man from death. All we have to do is accept this bread of life that he offers us. We discussed early on the real holdup with the Jews. This murmuring was because they didn't believe he came out of heaven. Again, they, they knew him kind of on a personal level. They knew his mother, his father. Watched him grow up. They knew where he was from. you got to believe that Christ is God. That he was born of a virgin. Lived as a man. Died paying the price for sin that he did not do. That was on our accounts. Past, present, and future. And on any person's account yet to be born and everybody in time past. You have to believe that. You have to believe that in three days he rose victoriously, paying that price, but yet living as God. A man must believe that Christ is that living bread, the one who gives life to man forever. A man must believe that Christ gave his flesh for the life of the world. And this giving is willingly. He willingly allowed himself to be crucified on that cross. He could have. He was God. He could have just um, had a legion of angels come, wipe out everybody lift himself up as king and never been crucified, ruled over this earth in a perfect way. But he allowed himself willingly to be that perfect sacrifice for our sins. Christ came in the flesh and Christ gave that flesh life. He gave his life for the life of the world. First Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on that tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live under righteousness by those stripes ye were healed. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for the truth. The truths that we divide as we study out your word. The, as we read through this Gospel of John, we see how you um, and your that you are God, that you are who you say you are, that all we need to do to partake and to accept this wonderful gift that you offer us, this gift of everlasting life, is to accept this bread of life that you offer. We accept this by just being still, listening to that still small voice, listening to God, being drawn by God, giving up our resistance, and then just obeying Him by repenting of who we were and putting our faith and trust in You. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for, as we record this this morning, we've yet to have our morning services. I pray for morning services this morning that they would go uh, as planned with kind of these new rules in place with uh, this phasing in of uh, kind of our uh, what we were used to in regards to services past. But that we wouldn't let all of these kind of new things and um, new issues get in the way of us being able to spend time worshiping you, Father. I pray for those that are going to be unable to make it today, that they would continue to get a blessing and, and uh, continue to be fed through the preaching of your word. We pray all this in the glorious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next week.